Hi everyone! Welcome to the Curiously Creative Podcast. Curiously Creative loves creativity and inspiring people to follow their own creative curiosities. We hope to bring you a bit of joy and inspiration with everything we do so that you can fall in love with creativity too. I'm your host, Akriti Lee, and each month I share conversations with all kinds of creative people who share their journeys and unique perspectives around their own creativity. We hope these conversations help us understand our own creative process and have the courage to live more creative lives. Today, I'm very excited to present a delightful, inspiring, full of life, and a very dear friend, Natasha Yusuf. Natasha's multi-passionate, entrepreneurial, and creative spirit has led her to multiple ventures as an accomplished actor, professional children's entertainer, dance instructor, and owner of a swing dance school. Today, she finds home and joy as a motivational yogi through running the yoga pantry. Okay, here we go. So I'm really glad to be interviewing you today, especially because I know you're multi-passionate. You've been an accomplished actor, voice artist, crafter, jewelry maker, professional children's entertainer, a bubble artist, swing dancer and teacher, yoga instructor, and in all of those things you've been very entrepreneurial, right? Have your own business all the way through. So I think the first thing to get to know would be how it first started out for you. The first one was um, being an actor. Well, according to my mum, when I was really little, I wanted to be a nightclub singer. I don't remember that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Love it. I don't remember that. I'm sure she's lying. Oh, I wonder where that came from. <laughs> I want to talk to your mum. <laughs> she probably won't remember she said it. Um, I was actually quite shy growing up, and when I was seven or eight, I think we went to... England for six months or so and so my brother and I got put in school there and um, my friends dragged me along to a audition for a Christmas pageant play and I grew up in Malaysia as a Muslim and so this was all very new and different and they dragged me along and the very first thing that came up they're like just audition for that and I'm like I don't want to do it and it was to be part of a train and we had to walk around in a circle and go chop 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 And so I did that and then left immediately and was like, oh my God, that was crazy. And <laughs> after all the auditions had finished, all my friends ran out and they're like, yeah, you're in the play. Teacher thought you were great. I mean, very sweet. We're all seven and eight and obviously everyone was in the play. <laughs> that's, but, that's how it rolls. A for effort. It did spark my passion, and I so I did this Christmas nativity pageant as a train. Believe it or not, there was a train in this nativity, and we went around, and it was snowy on the stage, and and I was part of the caboose. And when we moved to New Zealand, when I was around ten, and I went to primary school here, we did those little. I don't know, I think they were called the little journal, those little journals that had stories and stuff in them, and some of them had plays in them, and so we would do lots of plays for class, and that's where I kind of realized that I, I loved acting, and I loved performing, and, and then in 1987, we moved to New Zealand. Right. And then it was, again, very different from being in the public school in Malaysia, where everything is about grades and achievement and not really creativity so much. Uh, 
I always loved to draw and I always sketched and drew and coloured things in and and was pretty good at that. And so this was just another outlet, I guess, another form of expression and probably being quite shy, it was a way mm. to be someone yeah. without having to be me. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. That's what I pursued all through high school. I wanted to do things that involved acting and drama. I finished high school, I moved straight back to Malaysia to because I figured it would be easier getting into film and TV there and it, it was so <laughs> I did a lot of film and TV and hosted shows and voiced over um, cartoons and things like that and then I came back to New Zealand and did theatre and did all of that and it was all about being an actor and I was gonna win an Emmy and blah 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 and an Oscar all those things that you want to do and one day I moved up to Auckland and found swing dancing <laughs> and life changed <laughs> and now this is my thing <laughs> swing dancing kind of took a life of its own as the things that I do now kind of haven't been things that I planned I always wanted to be an actor I always thought I'd be an actor I always thought that that was my path and, and I'd make it big and one day I realised that I wasn't enjoying doing what I was doing and I still enjoy performing, but for some reason I wasn't getting fulfillment out of what I was doing. And so dancing gave me another creative expression mm -hmm. that I loved and enjoyed. And I guess, you know, I've always looked at ways to make money without having to have a real job, quote unquote. <laughs> so creating jewellery and selling that online or going to markets or making fascinators because that worked with mm. the swing stuff that I was doing at the time. Uh, doing kids parties because I had the skills as an actor and I actually worked for a couple of years in Malaysia in a science centre and that's when I got into bubbles and so I thought hey I've got the skill of making giant bubbles I can that'll be my point of difference in kids parties so I did bubble shows and stuff like that pretty cool bubble shows <laughs> pretty impressive bubble. and somehow it all led me around to Doing yoga. <laughs> that makes sense. Did you follow that story? <laughs> yes, I think so. So, but there have been overlaps with everything. Right? Everything It hasn't overlapped. been like linear or sequential necessarily. Yeah. So did you find at any point, or especially during those points of transition where you are doing one thing but you're wanting to get into something else, what was that like? Going from one discipline or skill and moving into I another one? I don't know if it was even a conscious thing of, I'm going to do this now, I'm going to do that now. I think it was more a thing of, what is it that my soul wants from me? Because I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I'm doing this thing that I thought was what I always wanted to do. And now I'm doing this other thing that I thought maybe this was a path to doing that thing. And I was never completely satisfied or happy with mm. what it was and so I was always searching which I guess is why I did so many things and they all overlapped because I was too afraid to let one go yeah and so I wanted to hold them all and That's do right. them all yeah. and that never works out because it's really hard to split your focus and do really well I think this year has been the first time where it's been a clear transition right. this is what I'm gonna do sell the swing business not even worry about the acting because I've got those skills and I can use them for something and I think one day I probably will perform again in something because I do love it but not chasing that as a career and feeling so destroyed when you know you get the rejection for the 
fifteenth, hundredth time, or whatever mm. it is. So it's been a good lesson in rejection, um, or doing well and then not being able to catch that high again. And I think yoga has helped give me clarity and yeah. give me an understanding of what my deeper soul calling is. I'm still trying to figure that out slowly, but it's mm. it's getting clearer. And I think through the things that I've done, through teaching kids and through performing for people and, and seeing them, the joy they get from, from experiencing that or through um, creating giant bubbles and just all of those things made me realize that whatever I, I'm doing, it's got to be something that helps people find joy in their life mm-hmm. and reach their potential and figure out what that is maybe that they want to do. And that's that would be, I imagine, quite liberating as well, regardless of what your journey looks like from here on, mm. whether it's with yoga or something else that maybe might crop up, that that's something you can access. I think it's a it? constant. It's yeah. been the constant thread in everything that I've done. It's always been mm. that creative journey of creating things that bring joy to other people. Um, but I've realized that first I have to bring joy to myself. Yes. That's so true. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of information that goes around which is directed towards serving others which Mm. is great you know of course having a goal that serves others is always awesome but not compromising yourself in that process right not becoming a martyr yeah exactly serving for the sake of serving and not being connected to what you're doing doesn't serve anybody yeah um Going back to this idea of you doing so many things and being very multi-passionate, that's something what I identify with as well and have felt that at times it can feel like a gift, Mm -hmm. but at times it can also be like a headless chicken situation when you're trying to focus on something or figuring out what to focus on. But feeling like you have to choose one thing feels like whatever you let go, you're letting go forever. I think it's important to realize that if you do let something go, you can always come back to it. Mm-hmm. That skill yeah. or that talent or that passion is always going to be there. And it's it will always be there. So you just pick it up whenever you like and integrate it in some way into what you're doing. Um, but yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, oh, what, what, who am I if I don't have this in my life? And who am I if I let that go? And what about this thing that I've worked my whole life to become and now I don't want to do it. What's wrong with me? (laughs) Who am I going to be now? And it's like, you know, who you are. Or what if it's the wrong decision? Yeah, what if I'm making a big mistake? There's always time to change your mind. Well, I think it reminds me of uh, something that a friend said once to me, that just because you make one decision doesn't mean you can't make another one yeah and sometimes randomly the things that come up that seem like it's taking you right off your path that you are supposed to be on actually in a funny way takes you closer to Mm. the destination that you're trying to get to and this has been my problem is that I've been so blinded by no this is the thing that I want to do um so I have to do this and I can't do those other things because then it's going to take me away from this thing and I've missed out on opportunities. And in hindsight, you're like, oh, damn it. If I'd actually done that, I would have met this person who is connected to that thing that will have actually helped me get to this thing that I wanted more. And I would have got faster than I can move on to something else. <laughs> is it also accepting that some things 
you will pursue possibly as a career, but some things are just there for your, yourself and your joy, right? Not Absolutely. everything has to turn into a career or a business. I mean, like, it might be a part of you, you don't want to let it go, yeah. but it can be exist in your life in a different way. And I think that's important because I think that's also been my problem is turning all my passions into my career and then you lose your passion for it because suddenly it's a job and you've got obligations and and once you lose your passion for something creative, it's really hard to be creative about it. <laughs> um, so I think it's actually really important to identify what it is that you want to keep for yourself as your hobby or, or your passion and not turn it into a career, not funnel that into a job. It's sort of looking at it and going, is this something that I want to do day in and out and will I be really happy about it if I have to do this even when I don't feel like doing it or is That's this something right. that I just want to do once in a while because it brings me so much joy but hell no, I don't want to do this every day. So... How do you feel about this notion of having to do or pick one thing when you have more than one passion? <laughs> I'm still trying to decide where I stand on that side of the fence. Um, I think if you're running a business, you do have to pick, pick one thing at a time. Mm. Not just one thing forever, yeah. but you need to pick one focus and you need to see that focus through to its end result and then you can move on to the next thing write them all down file them away but if you try and do everything this is again my problem try and do everything and have everything up and running at the same time it's never going to be as great as it could be because you're not giving attention and love to a specific aspect of your business to create to let that blossom and grow once it's blossoming and growing then you just mm. need to water it once in a while but to actually create something really special it needs it needs far more attention than right. than what you'll be able to give to it if you're still trying to do everything at the same time but that doesn't mean that you don't get to come back to the other things later I think you just need to prioritize which one comes first and then slowly move through that. Yeah, stick to that if, yeah. if you're a multi-passionate, multi-creative person, I think it's really important to have lists and goals and try and follow them. But also if plans change, that's fine. But try not to do everything. It's no. just never going to Well, because you out. also wouldn't get the clarity from trying something or wholeheartedly immersing yourself into one thing. Yeah. If, if your energy is split. It's like watching a TV show and trying to have a really important conversation with your partner. Something's going to get missed, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, and it's a good analogy. Because <laughs> yeah, I catch myself doing it and I was like, oh, oh shit, I just missed everything you just said because I've been watching this mindless TV show. Um, I should turn the TV off and give him my full undivided attention. Um, so, you know, we'll get snippets from each. But yeah, we're never going to get the full story from either. Yeah. And I think that's the same with our jobs. That's sort of the thing that I've been thinking about with myself recently. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good analogy. I like that. I think that's going to stick with me. <laughs> One of the other challenges of being multi-passionate is also figuring out how to describe yourself professionally. Because you don't necessarily fit into pre-constructed boxes or labels, right? Which is quite frustrating. That can really zap your confidence and also make you feel more vulnerable 
and subject to other people's opinions of being flaky, perhaps. How have you learned to describe yourself now, based on your journey so far, and also in that process not care about what other people think? I think that is a journey more um, a personal journey of self-acceptance, which comes with age, hate to say it, but the older you get um, and the more you get to know yourself and who you really are, the less you really care about what other people think about you, unless there's someone really important to you. Then it does hurt if, if they have... Um, an opinion that you didn't realize they had about you. Uh, It's important to know, I think it's important to know who you are as a person and also know that all of these labels and all of these things and all of the how-tos and how-shoulds of the world now will change. Yes. You know, or, and they're very subjective. Right? Yeah, they yeah. are. And business, it's like at the moment, right, you need to have your niche market. You need to niche down and you need to do this and just focus on that. And that's what they're all saying now because it, it does work and, mm. and it works for a lot of businesses. And again, it's getting that real tiny focus. But on, on being able to niche down there, you also need to know what's around the periphery to understand what your bigger market is when you want to expand. And that's the same as the person. You need to know who you are down in your soul, but you need to know all the other aspects of yourself mm, as well. Because right. you, will, you will be different with your mother as you would with your partner and your um, acquaintance and yeah. your friends. There's different mm. aspects of yourself that you are happy to share with people and and I don't think it's necessarily necessary to be everything to everyone all the time when you sort of harness that understanding of who you want to be Mm -hmm. and and I think try and live to that higher part of yourself it doesn't really matter what other people think about you when those things come and they don't fit into what you think you are, then they just kind of bounce off because you're Mm. like, that's not me. Well, it gives you a better parameter to measure. Is this worth giving time to or attention to? And just owning who you are. When you do that, people respond to that. People can feel when you're being genuine and when when you're being truly open and present. And it's really, really rare that something negative comes out of that because it's, 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 that's where you suddenly connect to mm. someone on a different level, that's on it. a deeper level. Because And that's the irony of it, right? <coughs> we try to fit ourselves in particular labels to feel a sense of belonging or connection. But when instead, if we own who we truly are, we actually open up more deeper connections yeah. and better conversations and relationships exactly. um, that would not have come otherwise. What about this sense of comparison? How do you get yourself out of comparison funks when you're in that mode of comparing yourself, what you do, your skills, business, stage in life to someone else's stage in life? You know, because we are all on different paths, but we tend to compare like we are all on the same path. I think it's really (laughs) important just to not do it. (laughs) I know that sounds really hard, but you do. You go down a rabbit hole when you start comparing yourself. Um, 
And when you find yourself comparing yourself to another person, I think it's actually better to look at what they're doing and learn from it. And that's yes. what I'm trying to do now is if I'm feeling envious or jealous about what someone's doing, if they're doing really well and it's something that's exactly the same as what I'm doing, um, I'll sign up to their course and I'll buy their book and then I'll research it and do the course and find out what's going on and then most of the time I'll be like ah oh, well that's that's the same kind of idea I had and so that's a good thing I'm on a good I'm you're on, on the right good, track yeah I'm on the right track I'm yeah. on good tra trajectory except yeah. with my voice this is how I would say it and obviously there's a market for that and there's there's room for everyone and I've found that really, really helpful. Rather than comparing myself, look at what I can learn from that right. other person. More constructive comparison where you're learning yeah. from what you are appreciating. Yes. Or and it's the same if I have a piece of jewellery that I've made and I go to a market and I'm like, oh my god, that's like mine but better. Hey, how have they done that? <laughs> Yeah, How do yeah, I make yeah, mine yeah. better? It makes it, it makes you better as opposed to yes. going, oh my God, well, yes. you know, um, I could have done it if blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, why'd they do that? Oh, what's their thinking through that? Oh my God, this still looks so much better. I'm going to take a photo. <laughs> using, using it as a way of being more analytical about your craft, yeah. right? Or your skills, like going, oh, that's really cool. Is that what I want to do? This is how I want to be. It gives you more clarity in how you want to sit, where you want to be like someone else. Yeah. But where you also want to be like yourself. And it gives you also the added bonus of actually feeling really good about it at the mm. end. Rather than, than feeling bad and less than, you start to realize that you are on the right path and you do get more clarity out of it. And then suddenly more ideas come to you and yeah. you're flooded with even more inspiration, creativity yeah. and more That's avenues it. to explore. Right? <laughs> Using comparison as inspiration rather than measuring your self-worth. Yeah. Right? yeah. I think that's what where it gets cloudy is where like, you see someone else doing something similar and doing all this amazing stuff and then you're like, oh, I'm not doing that. Well, they're doing the same thing but they're way better. Does that mean I suck or my ideas suck? I suck, period. Yeah. I'll never be successful. <laughs> The end, <laughs> right? It's yeah. like, no, what is working for them? Figuring out why it's working for them, how I want to differentiate myself yeah. with them, but what I also actually want to learn from it. Exactly. Right? Where I want to be similar. And I think that can be, that's hard. I think it's hard initially because it's really, what's hard for us is to train ourselves out of negative thinking and, mm. and talking ourselves down. But once you start doing it a lot, then you start finding more and more positive aspects and then you start looking for more things to compare yourself to yeah. um, because it just opens up more avenues and if someone's doing a really good job, mm. then connecting to them and, and making a friendship with them is actually going to benefit you both because you'll, you'll end up with joint partnerships and you'll end up with expanding your market and that's why when you go to look at a car, all the dealers are on the same street and um if you go you know to to a food court all of the food is there it's not like clothes and a few things mm. because there's a wider market when there's more variety of a similar thing mm. more people want to come to you so comparison and competition is really good
as long as it's done in an accepting loving way as opposed to people feeling less than and there's not enough and and um if they do this i can't do it because there's only so many people in the world there's billions of people in the world right and Mm. your voice is going to be the most important voice for at least one person comparison also helps you know if you really really want to be on that path or not you know, yeah. it's like it, mm. it helps you decide if this is the the trajectory you want to follow. You can see what that person's done. You can find out how hard they've worked with mm. and how they've gotten there. And instead of starting your own treadmill, you can jump ahead and learn from them. And you're going to find out very quickly if you actually want to do that or not. Yeah. Instead of making your own mistakes and That's then going, right. oh my God. That is so true. And I think there's also this tendency to think that someone else's success means a lack of yours. Mm. A mental dialogue you have to condition yourself out of. And like you say, learn from it. Use it to fuel your own inspiration and your own progress. Yeah. But just because they're successful at what they do or similar to what they you are doing doesn't mean you can't be. No, if and anything it tells you you can be. Exactly. You exactly. Know, you can be and you can be even more successful than them because they've already done it. They've already paved the way. Now you just have to open the door. And that leads into that other creative dilemma or dilemma for any discipline really. A lot of people don't start what they want to do because they feel it's been done before. Yeah. But it hasn't been done by you. No. Everyone has a different way of approaching things doing it. So always having the most original idea or doing something that has never been done before can be quite crippling. Absolutely because Pretty much everything has been done before. Exactly, right? <laughs> but yeah. like you said, not in the way that you're going to do it. And not to uh, uh, the audience that you might reach because of your connections. And, you know, there are so many things that have been done before and you'll run into someone who's like, oh my God, that's revolutionary. Mm. I have never seen that. And you go, really? I thought everyone had seen this. Excellent. Here's the, yeah. <laughs> here's the new market. <laughs> also reminds me of um, something, I think, Marie Folio, yes, who talks about how sometimes you need to hear things at a different stage in your life from someone who you wouldn't expect to hear yeah. it from. <clears throat> and that could be how you are interpreted when you have something to offer, right? You might, what you have to say in your way can resonate with someone in one particular point yeah. in time, even if that topic or that has been around for yeah. years. Absolutely. I'm a huge believer in, in that. And we've talked about this with dancing. Um, you know, it's important, I believe, for students to go and learn from as many different teachers as they have access to because you're always going to hear the same advice yeah. but in a different way. Yeah. And yes. one of those yes. things is going to resonate with you and change how you look at things and how you move and how you dance. And it's, yeah. I think that's the same with anything. And it's like books. I've I've had a few books where I've picked them up and I've tried to read them and I just wasn't able to get into mm. them. And maybe six months or a year later, I pick them up again, can't put them down. And it's just yes. that you're yes. in a different place and you're 
ready to receive mm. that information right. at that point in That's time right. because of the things that have happened in that six months that led you up to allowing you to open to that information knowing something and doing something can be two separate yeah. things they they don't necessarily have a immediate effect it's over time when you chip away at it and suddenly you're like ah oh, yeah that's what and it meant six months ago that's it but for some it. reason i understand it now it's the difference because, between yeah. knowing and understanding Standing. exactly yeah. yeah how do you approach productivity and also rest for that matter, because being a yoga instructor, I imagine looking after your body would be quite important. But running a business, you have to have to do a lot of things. Really. I'm still trying to work this one out. <laughs> <laughs> well, has, has you had something that's helped you at times, even when I am on it and I am being super productive? Yeah. It's because I have made the time to get up. And spent the time on myself first. I haven't grabbed my phone. I haven't turned on my computer. I haven't sucked myself into Facebook emails oh, and other Facebook. people's demands. Yeah. But I've sat down. I've maybe stretched or I've um, definitely meditated. And maybe I've read something um, for half an hour or so just to get my juices going and then what really really helps me is to get my day planner with the times <laughs> and through the day from you know however long I'm working and schedule in every single thing that I'm going to be doing in those time blocks it's okay if I don't actually mm -hmm. follow the times specifically but giving myself deadlines and schedules throughout the day yes. helps me get so much more done than if I'm just like oh yeah I know I've got to do this this and this and I'll kind of get to it I never get to it I just faff around doing other bullshit so those are my productive days when I get up I schedule out or actually sometimes I'm like wow I've got a big day tomorrow and I really want to do the meditation and the reading so I'll schedule out what I need to do the following day the night before in right. bed I'll write down my schedule also in that time that I'm going through my day and scheduling stuff it's scheduling breaks because if I don't schedule breaks I sit there and especially when I'm doing something and I'm really into it and I love it and creative juices are flowing it's really hard to tear yourself away mm. and you sit there for three or four hours and when you get up you're like holy I'm so stiff and sore and now I'm tired and exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> so giving yourself breaks, 10 minutes, walk away from the computer. I have an annoying app sometimes, sometimes that I put on. Usually I just do the little thing that gives a chime and tells me I've been there for an hour or two hours, three hours, whatever. But one of them locks me out of my computer completely. That's a little annoying. And so you've got no choice but to walk away for 10 minutes. <laughs> but walking away, having a stretch and drinking water as well is really good because then I find I'm rehydrated. Mm. My brain is, is better prepared to take on the rest of the task and everything gets done so much faster. How do you, pro like, because you work for yourself as well yes. and largely from home too, yes. I would imagine. <laughs> How do you manage... The sense of guilt that you get sometimes when you're taking a break, like when you have stuff to do. That's something that I struggle with at times. I'm like, I feel like I need to rest, but really I should be doing this. Yeah. That's, I should be doing that. I think that that is, if I've been really 
not as productive as, as I should have been through the week, um, then I do feel really bad. Oh, I have to get this done. I didn't get this done. Why didn't I get this done? But if I've been super productive, then I'm like, yeah, this is my yeah. day off and I'm going to have this whole day off. So again, it's managing that schedule. And I, and I think if you schedule your stuff out or... If you're not scheduling your stuff out, just write down what you do every day. You'll be surprised at how much time you just waste. <laughs> and you've actually got a lot more time than you think. think yep. Because, you know, when we work from home, we faff around. It's like, oh, maybe I need to vacuum the floor. And, oh, <sighs> maybe I need to do the dishes. And, yeah, that's really hard. I did know a lady who said she'll get up in the morning put her work clothes on, yeah. walk out the front door, walk around the block or around the house and walk back in and she's ready for work. Oh, and that's a good one. Day. I'm going to try that. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good one. Work day, she treats it like work. She, if people call, she's like, I'm sorry, I'm at work. Um, I can see you later at this time. You know, people yeah. are just calling yeah. for a visit. Yeah. Has her lunch, her lunch hours, knock off work, done. Walks out the door, comes home, gets changed and she's home. And so, you know, different things work for different people. So that yeah, might yeah, be a good yeah. one. And I never, uh, now, <laughs> I used to, but uh, now I don't stay in my jammies. I get up. First thing I have to I do is have a shower. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm too tired. So I have to have a shower and then sit down with myself, do my meditation, because otherwise... Faff around, I wake up just in time to have a shower, run out and teach a class, run home, start doing stupid chores instead of get down to work. Next thing you know, it's 8 o'clock and that's when you're starting work. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's prioritizing your time so that you can have the breaks and you can yes. create those white spaces in your calendar. That's what Brendan Bouchard says. It's like, how much white space is on your calendar? And that means blank you haven't filled it with stuff because it's important to take those break times to recharge regroup and that's when those inspirational thoughts come to you yes. too because you're out doing stuff that you're passionate about in a different way yes so it's like finding that balance between scheduling is that right yeah but then also scheduling rest scheduling rest and taking it using that white space for rest yeah. You gotta schedule rest and and make it rest. Don't make it. I've scheduled rest, so um, I'm going to go to the gym, and I'm gonna go and swim ten laps at the pool. It's like no, I'm just gonna sit here with this book and this bowl of popcorn. <laughs> I'm just gonna vlog yeah. out and let everything just chill and give my mind a break. Yeah, give my mind a break. Yeah, totally. Cool, I like that. I'll see, I'm going to try um, walking around the house tomorrow. <laughs> see how that works. Put your work clothes on. I think. Put your work shoes on. I'll be like, oh, <laughs> she's gone. She's lost it. It's officially happened. <laughs> it's like, bye, honey. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. You're at work. <laughs> Completely sh change my attitude. <laughs> exactly. Office persona and Make your own breakfast. <laughs> Yeah, we don't make breakfast at work. Well, you can no. do your own. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at times you do get days, though, that just feel too hard, right? Well, <laughs> no matter what you are doing. <laughs> what tools do you use that possibly help you feel better about yourself? Sometimes I'll just call my friend. Yeah. And just talk. Yeah. That always makes you feel heaps better. Offload. 
Although sometimes because I, I try and post at least three times a day on my Yoga Pantry page on Facebook a positive quote of something. And I, I have themes for each day. I grab those those inspirational thoughts and stuff from the internet because it's such a gold mine of inspiration. And sometimes I just sit there and go, well, I'm just going to... I'm not even going to do my post because yeah, I'm not feeling it. But I'll just look for quotes. I want to look for quotes on motivation. Or I want to look for quotes on happiness. Or I want to look for quotes from Rumi or Hafiz, my two yes. favorite yeah. um, Sufi poets. And then I'll save them so that I can access them later when I'm doing my post. And just doing that lifts my mood. It's amazing how much I feel better mm. afterwards because I've just been surfing through all these amazing inspirational quotes and videos and stuff. And and I haven't been unproductive, so I feel good yeah. about that. But I also feel really good because I've suddenly sort of fed my mind and my soul in a way and nourished it with all this um, delicious goodness and that has really helped so I think even if you're not scheduling posts just have a little file of quotes that you keep and and inspiration and if you're feeling stink think about just what it is you want to look up look up a bunch stick them in there and revisit them if you want mm. or just keep on filling it with more yeah. stuff yeah yeah, but actively seeking out joy. ways to feel better. Yeah, you know it is, and it is. It's actively seeking out joy, and it would also remind you, right, that what you're going through is not an isolated occurrence. Everyone Absolutely. goes through. When you see those quotes online, you realize there's so many people that a need to hear it. Yeah, and how something that could have been quoted from centuries ago is still relevant because Absolutely. it's part of the human, human experience. experience. Yeah. Exactly. Um. What are the most important lessons that your journey has taught you so far? I think it really is that self-acceptance hmm. and not being afraid to show people who you are. I think knowing that I have the power to steer my life and change my life is just makes all the difference. I don't hmm. give my power to anyone else anymore. Sometimes, a little yeah. bit, but I recognize it. So I think my biggest life lesson is to not give my power up to someone else just because I think they have more knowledge than me. So how do you identify yourself now in terms of who you are professionally? As, as well, I mean, also personally, right? Like, how would you describe yourself I... if someone asked you, what do you do? <laughs> who are you? Um, well... Now, I mean, I used to say I was an actor. Now I say I'm a yoga teacher, but who I really am is um, someone who wants to bring joy to people's lives. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. That's it. And, and my own. <laughs> and what helped you decide who you wanted to be? And, and what gave you the most joy? Definitely my journey into yoga right big time um i mean everything along the way being an actor helps you reflect a lot on people's movements characters behaviors tone all of that stuff so all of that is in there but when i fully immersed myself in yoga training and the philosophy and started practicing it myself and getting into meditation mm -hmm. as well meditation was always one of those things that i'm like all right that's too hard <laughs> there's there's um just a, a sense of peace 
and clarity that comes to your whole spirit I think when you just sit with yourself and accept yourself for who you are and yoga has done that for me big time dancing helped me understand my body movement and rhythm and, and running businesses helped me understand that I'm capable of far more than I ever thought I could be mm. and yoga helped me understand who I am as and who I want to be. So all those past experiences and skills have kind of built upon each other, right? Yeah. So would you say now that yoga is your thing? Definitely yeah. my thing. It, it's still, I mean, everything that I do and and teach and am in, in my yogic practice is drawn from all my past experiences. Mm -hmm. My sense of movement and rhythm comes from all the years of the dance. My confidence in presenting and teaching um, in front of crowds of people obviously comes from my performance mm -hmm. background and um, my creativity and, and what I want to do with my business comes from my creativity and art and yeah so yeah. I, uh, all those experiences everything has been a benefit I don't think anything has been a detriment at all right. <laughs> at the time some of them would be like oh my god I failed and I used to melt down yeah. every year and have a massive meltdown because I wasn't successful the way I thought I would be at 25 and I didn't have, you know, my millions of dollars and my Oscar at 30 or whatever those yeah. ridiculous yeah. dreams yeah. and expectations we put on ourselves. Yeah. And really what I've always wanted to be is free. And I yeah. feel more free now and more confident and comfortable in my own skin than I ever have been. And that's definitely due to my yoga practice. Absolutely. What? And getting older. <laughs> older and wiser. A lot more experienced and shit to have dealt with. Yes. Hence life. more learning. <laughs> more learning. So what advice would you give to anyone still in the midst of searching for what gives them joy and freedom to be who they really are? Um, stop searching and start playing. <laughs> Just, you know... Whatever you're doing, find joy in it. If you like it, keep doing it. If you don't, stop it. Totally. Find something yeah. else. There is... Stop looking for that one thing, that big thing, because everything is right here, right now. And if you don't have joy in this moment, it's going to be harder to bring yourself joy in the future. Mm. Because the future is based on what you do right now. It's kind of making that conscious choice to feel how you want to feel, right? Yeah. But also that coming back into that thing of... Um, Immersing yourself in what you're doing now so that you can get clarity from it. And also accept where you are now because yes, you are where you're supposed to be. That's right. And from this point mm. here, you can go to where you want to be, but you can't be in the future right now. Yes, you just have to trust where you are. Yeah. And again, that, that quote of you can never join the dots forwards. You can only join them backwards, right? Yeah. Hindsight. Yeah, yes. hindsight is great. great. Oh, if we could only go back and change things. But you know what? We weren't meant to because if we didn't live all those things, we wouldn't be the people we are now. And if you don't like who you are now, change it. Yes. It's as easy as That's that. It. You yeah. have the, the choice power. and the power to change it. Just change it. How? Make one small choice. I'm going to go out and I'm going to smile at 20 people today. Or I'm going to yeah. um, go online and I'm going to 
post on 50 pages some something yeah. really positive to people. It's, it's so easy to change it. And by doing those things that make other people feel better, you're also going to feel better totally. as well. So do you still practice your other creative outlets alongside yoga in the business still? Um, s- sort of. <laughs> sort of. Well, I mean, I teach kids yoga, so I'm yeah. still doing, like, kids entertaining in a way because <laughs> it's, like, story time and improvisation, so I'm still using, um, I still use all of those skills. I think more than practicing them individually, like, I don't go out and do big bubble shows or anything, yeah. but I still have a garage full of bubble stuff, and every now and then I crack it out and blow some big bubbles. Just for your own fun, <laughs> Just for right? my own yeah. fun. Um... Yeah, those things will always be with me, but there's things, there's chapters that I've closed. I don't want to do children's entertainment parties anymore. Mm. I don't want to perform in big bubble shows. I don't want to run a um, dance business. I don't want to um, act in shows that I'm not happy with, but I still want to perform and act, and Mm. I still want to dance, and I still want to have those as things that bring me joy, not things that... I do for money. Right, and doing it on your own terms. Yeah, doing it on my own terms, in my own way, and in my own time. But I guess I've always done that with everything. Mm. (laughs) That's the whole idea of having freedom. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, And so freedom keeps coming back to that. And whenever I'm like, what do I want out of life? Freedom's always the word. I watched one of those Oprah things with Goldie Horn, and her thing was joy, and that was her thing. What do you want to be in life? She was asked when she was little. She says, I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. And her life unfolded because she was chasing her own happiness, not because she wanted to be an actress or anything like that, mm-hmm. but she was just fulfilling her idea of what she wanted and finding joy. That, yes, and that's, I think, a good way to navigate as well, right? Yeah. When you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what my path is. The best thing you can do is just yeah, follow what feels good, right? What are you enjoying? Well, what do you feel it. like doing what, right now enjoying? What is it that is the most important for you? And don't make it material. Don't make it physical. What is, like, what is your thing? Like, you know, Goldie Horns was joy. Mine is freedom. And when I look back at my life, subconsciously, that's the route I've chosen. I to live. Sometimes it felt like bondage, (laughs) but ultimately I've always come out to freedom and that's still, when I ask myself what it is, that is obviously my core desire and I never sort of recognized that until recently, that freedom is something I've always requested and always searched for and always um, sought out no matter what. I want to finish off with a quote. So this one's from Herbie Hancock jazz musician, where he says that life is not about finding our limitations, it's about finding our infinity. Isn't that a beautiful quote? Yeah. How do you resonate with that one? What do you think? Um, Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. It's funny when we, going back to comparison, and we compare our lives to other people, and we're like, oh, but I haven't done this, and I haven't achieved that, and, you know, no, I'm married, I don't have kids, or, or whatever, those things. But if I actually look at my life, and how I've lived it, I've probably got a lot of friends looking at it going, holy shit, you know? 
you're you've done all of these things and it's incredible and and you're so brave and but we never see ourselves like that and no. and I don't think we necessarily think that we're we're pushing the limits when we are and we're pushing our idea of who we think we are when we are because we just just get sometimes we're just getting on with it yes. we're just trying to find who we are and that leads us to more unlimited untapped potential within us that we didn't know we had and we do limit ourselves sometimes but being able to break through that self-doubt and that that block is so much about pushing the envelope and finding our edges and then breaking past that as well and and I guess that brings me back to yoga I've learned so much more about myself my mind my body my spirit through practicing yoga because it's shown me what potential I have in my body and just when you think oh you know people say this all the time I'm too old for that or it's too late for me and it never is no. Colonel Sanders was paddling his chicken recipe and a multi-millionaire at 83 and the yes. oldest yoga teacher in the world is 97 and she is an amazing inspiration and she's mm. still teaching and traveling and doing all the poses that people say you can't do when you know you're old you can't do yes. that you, I, my body can't do this anymore it's breaking down no it's not it is limitless we're only limited by our mind that's right and our mind is something we need to rain and harness and um, control ourselves rather than let it run rampant and let it tell us all these lies and these stories mm -hmm. and I think that's it our minds are the limiting factor in our life experience and if we if we open them up to the possibilities then it is infinite because if and it comes back to that quote about um, from Napoleon Hill if your mind can conceive it then your body can achieve it. The idea would have never come to you in the first place if your soul didn't think it was possible. That's right. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's, that's it. a good way to finish <laughs> off. Yay! So that's it for this episode of Curiously Creative. We hope it has sparked a little, or a lot, of creativity and curiosity in you. Curiously Creative is a production by Curiously Creative. Who would have thought? So if you'd like to know our comings and goings and check out some more inspiring content, head on over to curiouslycreative.co.nz. Until the next episode, with lots of love and a massive splash of joy, Akriti, your creative curiosity advocate. Oh, and if you enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a comment on iTunes, as it helps more people find these conversations.